Welcome to Boundless Pursuit, a weekly podcast providing motivation, entertainment, and education to anglers and outdoorsmen. I hope that the stories you'll find here will encourage you to chase your passion more fervently, to open your mind to new opportunities and perspectives. Your engagement and feedback is critical to the growth of this show, and I would love to hear your suggestions on topics or potential guests. You can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find all related articles, media, and merchandise. Please remember, the show will gain traction from your support. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast to your friends and connections. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. You know, I love to hear stories of anglers that are traveling off to these far off destinations and just doing their dream trips. And we all have our own dream trips and bucket list species. But as a resident of Florida myself, sometimes I forget that I live where other people vacation. And a lot of people's bucket list fish live right in my backyard. And one of the more attainable fish in that category is the peacock bass. And South Florida just presents the unique opportunity for the budget angler to DIY a trip for this incredible sport fish that they might otherwise have to break the bank on a trip to South America for. And I think that the South Florida shore-based fishing scene might be some of the best, if not the best in the entire country, where with proper planning, you could very realistically catch peacock bass, largemouth bass, snakeheads, clown knife fish, tarpon, snook, jack creval, sharks, bowfin and gar, and more all in the same day. But it seems like in South Florida, our real hot ticket fish is the peacock bass. And in saltwater, it's the tarpon. And today's guest has got both of them dialed in. Chris Fishes of Miami catches some unbelievable peacock bass. The guy has cracked the code on the South Florida exotic scene. But the peacock bass in particular seems to be the real bread and butter. Unbelievable peacock bass. And as a Florida resident myself, I mean, I've played around with the peacocks plenty myself, and I've been lucky enough to catch a few nice ones. But Chris has taken it to a whole other level, and he boasts some of the most impressive peacock bass catches that you will find anywhere on the internet. Now, on the saltier side of things, Chris has got a special place in his heart and a special level of experience chasing monster tarpon, snook, jacks and all kinds of other saltwater species from land this dude's content is enough to inspire anyone to make a trip to south florida to check off a few from the bucket list and he was gracious enough to drop some solid knowledge on how the ambitious angler could do it himself now if this guy's experience and catches don't inspire you to make a trip down here to try this stuff i don't know whose will now the guy's instagram page is just ridiculous the awesome fish that he's catching but it was really cool to actually get to know him a little bit pick his brains on some fish that I could very easily drive a couple hours across the state to go chase. But he just showed himself to be a really cool dude that I enjoyed talking to. And I think you're going to listen to. This is Chris Fish's South Florida shore angler. We'll just dive into it. Let me take a swig of some coffee. All right. Did you hear it? Did you hear it on your end? Real yeah. Quick, yeah I, I forgot it. So, all right, Chris Fish's what's going on, dude. Appreciate you uh joining the show yes sir i'm i'm all ears so. yeah man i've uh i've been seeing i've been seeing your stuff around for like a while ever since i moved to florida 
you know, I only I only got here, I don't know, four and a half, maybe uh, going on five years ago. So obviously, like I came all the way from Arkansas, like middle of the country, no salt water. And so like I went, obviously it's like a wonderland here. And right. it's like, you know, it's like South Florida has those few like low hanging fruit species that like anybody can do really like on their own if you just have two good walking feet. So clearly, like the peacock bass thing was big, you know, especially when I first got here. I slowed down a little on that. But I think I've been seeing your photos, like, ever since I started playing around on Instagram. And I even think, like, do you work or did you work at a tackle shop for a while? Yeah, I did. Uh, I started working. At, it's, a, uh, it's a bait shop down in Homestead. I was working there. I started there at 16. And then um, I was there for six years. And then I ended up becoming the manager there and then, you know, pretty much running the show. Um, and then I, you know, I moved on, um, but I'm still involved in the fishing industry. So, uh, but yeah, I did work there for a while and uh, that, that uh, opened up a lot of uh, doors for me, you know, meeting a lot of new people and being involved in the yeah. industry and going to shows and stuff like that. So. Well, that's what it's all about. The guys behind the counter at the tackle shop, like you're in the ultimate like driver's seat to like networking with local anglers. Like you're taught, like you yeah. are the face of the region of fishing around there. So you get to meet all kinds of people. But I asked that because I could swear after I was like, I was like binge looking through your Instagram the last couple of days. I'm like, this dude looks so familiar. But I think it was one of your peacock bass pictures. I mean, there's so many of them. One of them I thought I saw like on the wall, and then I think I might have even seen you at the tackle shop. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I scrolled through your stuff, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this guy has like unlocked like all the codes to the South Florida like exotic scene." So I know like a lot of the guys that listen to this. And hopefully, it's a growing audience. Maybe it's only ten people. I don't know. Right. But, right. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like obviously to the out of state guys. Like our peacock bass that we have here is kind of like the big seller. I feel like there's probably more exciting fish. I'm sure you do too. That's always like the, they got the eye appeal. They got like the beauty. Um, but dude, you catch like the freaking giant ones. So like, to, I don't know. I guess if we got to have a starting point, I got to start there because like, scrolling your stuff, like that's really the one that pops out at you the most. Like, how did you get into the peacock bass scene? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, pretty much. Um... Uh, I didn't even know what that fish was, um, until I was like 11 years old. My, uh, my mom and my stepdad bought a house, uh, during like the, you know, during the first, uh, depression, uh, not depression, uh, you know, when the economy went to shit pretty much back into like 2008. Yeah. So we got a nice house on a lake, um, <laughs> at a good price. And, you know, the lake, I was just like, let me see what's back here. You know, I, 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 you know, I kind of knew a lot of fish, you know, somewhat with my dad, uh, in the keys and stuff like that, we would, you know, catch snappers and stuff like that, like just random stuff. Um, and then, uh, once we moved to a lake, um, there was just out, well, I didn't even know what to call it. I was like, dude, what, you know, there's a colorful fish with bars on it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and there was still building. We were like, th like that neighborhood at the time was just like the only neighborhood. And then, um, and then one day there was like a bait shop right there around the corner and then i was going there which is the bait shop i ended up working at and uh the owner which was my ex-boss pretty much told me that it was a peacock bass and i was like oh shit like okay whatever what like what do they eat you know 
So then, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I started using like these little pea hawks, which is pretty much like a flare hawk, but okay. like, and you know, like an eighth of an ounce. You know, it's just like a real small jig, like um, you know, like we use for bonefish and stuff like that. Just a little, just a little uh, bucktail, pretty much. That's what it was, and um, I started trying to figure it out. And that at the time, the lake was was untouched, so I was just catching big ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Damn, you like this is getting real addicting." So then I was like, "That's all I wanted to do was just figure out how I was going to catch the big ones." And then through time, now now I'm uh, 23, so learning and learning and trying to figure out the seasons and when they breed, how they're feeding. And stuff like that um i just got better at it and then i got i just got to the point where it's like all right these are this is this is how i'm gonna find the big ones so yeah that's you know give or take of well it looks like you off. found a i mean dude I'm, I'm i'm looking at them right now and it's like one after another after another i mean i've managed to catch a couple of big ones but it's not i mean nothing to this level now are you are you i mean like what area are you like my like just general miami area i guess yeah it's so like- i'm in the miami area um you know i try to tell people because like, they always ask like oh like is there is there a certain area um where they're at you know and it's not really that i've i've actually fished from homestead all the way to pompano that's actually where they're at you know you'll find them in west palm beach mm-hmm. uh, but you won't really find um the ones i get up to like eight pounds in west palm beach like it's very, 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 very rare because it get the times that it gets cold, it'll, it'll just they'll just kill them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So Pompano is kind of like the soft spot where it's like they're not gonna die off. You know, it'll it, they'll somewhat survive. You know, even then it's still kind of hard to find one up to like seven eight pounds in that area. But like I said, I fish from Homestead all the way up to Pompano, and they're in that range, and that's that's a two hour range. You know, mm-hmm. two two and a half hour range. And whether you're the, on the East Coast or on the West Coast of, of Miami, West Coast being like eight, uh, not Eighth Street, um, uh, like Chrome, Chrome Avenue, which is uh, kind of by the Everglades, you know, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna see them there too, you know. And I know by your area, you'll find them there too, but not. Yeah, it's not even in the same. Yeah, it's not. You're not gonna find them that. You're that finding place. the little guys around me. Our neighborhood right. pond, actually, I live in I live in Naples, and our neighborhood pond has them. But we had that cold spill. That was a couple of months ago, and then after that, there you could find dead ones on the banks. I think it just smoked them. I mean, they had no yeah. This last winter kind of this last winter kind of scared me because we really haven't had like a freeze since like 2010. Yeah, and um, you know that that really affects them, you know. And if the big ones are in an area where it's there's deeper water. They have a they have a fighting chance, right? You know? Well, the interesting thing about like that Homestead area, and like I don't know, I I don't know those areas that well, but I know Homestead especially, and then like parts of Miami. It seems like I don't know if it's like the substrate that the canals like run through, like li- like limestone or what. Like the water's so much more clear. Yeah. And like to your point, I I've gone up like you know up where you catch snakeheads, and we may get in the snakehead thing later. Like you'll still see them, but it's like. The water's not clear. Like you can't, you can't like pinpoint them the same. Like 
I feel like the area that that you're probably catching most of them is so much more interesting because you can you can watch these. Like you can look out in the waters yeah. like a swimming pool and basically pick which one you want to catch. But yeah, um, I think um, I think that the limestone uh, definitely has uh, an impact on the water clarity. Um, down here, even in my area where I live, I live in the Kendall area. Um, there's, there's lakes where there's like a lot of limestone you see it sticking out. Um, and that with the, obviously the limestone that filters yeah. off the water. Um, and I noticed like areas going up North, kind of like by Pembroke pines or, um, uh, you know, even like the Pompano area, you don't see that much limestone. It's more like more grassy, yeah. more grassy areas, which, you know, makes the water more, uh, murkier, if that's a you know, word. You know, right? It's a murky everywhere, <laughs> and uh, that has a huge. That has, even if there's grass, uh, which, which ironically filters out the water, it still makes the water dirtier. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that yeah that limestone, I don't know. I I agree. Like, I know when I when I do go after peacock bass, I usually like to come to Kindle. There's like, there's like this one pond. I probably hoed this pond out myself. <laughs> I like find one good spot and then I just always only go there. Yeah. But it's yeah. like next to some drugstore. So it's like, I don't know, the element of it being so like urban is so interesting to me. But um, so I know like there are people, especially now it's like growing and growing, especially with like the boom and like YouTube and the exposure that that's given to the fisher, like the fishery. Now people are coming from all over the place, just descending on Miami to get a like a chance to catch one of these exotic fish because you know to the budget angler you know what's what's the alternative go to South America go to go to you know somewhere that's going to cost you a lot more money so now you know your neck of the woods got this opportunity for people who have less money maybe less money but as much ambition to catch the fish but um, some of them may not realize it. Well, where do I go? What should I use? So, you know, I know a lot of the guys, like I alluded to before we started this call, are kind of like that intrepid, spirited person that just likes to stay on the move, likes to stay traveling, likes to, to do the DIY trips. But I know you've got to have like a wealth of knowledge. So like if you could give somebody who's sitting on the edge of their seat listening to this, like sort of kicking around the idea of taking a stab at it themselves, like what advice would you give to somebody? Like maybe the area that they should focus on, the approach they should take. I don't know, time of year, gear, just like everything. Like as though they were a brand new fisherman that's just trying to catch peacock bass. Um, I'd say uh, so. Spring, which is right right now, is uh, bedding season for them. So right now you're gonna see them more on the banks, and then um, uh, which is. Also, kind of like a feeding time, but it's really not. You know, I'll see these fish on a bed is most of the time the easiest way to catch them. Yeah. Um, uh, but feeding time, I'd say that the big ones get more aggressive, uh, like right before fall, summer, like ending of summer, very beginning of fall, uh, sometimes even during fall. Uh, you know, like mid fall, you might be able to get them. Um, to get aggressive. The thing is once it starts getting cold, they start getting, they start getting spooked, you know? So that's why I try to recommend like right in that soft spot, ending of summer, beginning of fall. Uh, that's that's good advice too, because I'm thinking like, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody that let's say lives up North and you know, where it gets miserably cold in the middle of their winter, they might say, oh, I'm going to go somewhere warm. 
going to go down to Florida in January. So it's a good it's a good thing that you brought that up because some people might figure, well, I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to go to Florida when it's warmer. I guess it's still cool here. So maybe people need to consider coming during the summer, not during the winter. But more people who live up north might be more inclined to travel here during their winter because, you know, the snowbird mentality. Right, right. But, you know, the, the fishery can be so much bigger. The peacock bass fishery can be so much bigger. And, you know, I have this great idea. Um, it's, you know, the thing is like, and this, this, this is, uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I, I broke, uh, I don't know if you know who Scott Rose is. I broke his record. Yeah. Yeah. I broke his record by two ounces. He holds the Popoka peacock bass record and I broke it by two ounces. So, but the thing is <laughs> my record has been pending for oof, I'm, since I was, I, since I was 17, that's when I broke the record and IGFA hasn't, uh, approved it along with a bunch of other peacock records because there's um like a peacock bass um uh, they, they think that there's hybrids everywhere that the peacocks that they release in here are are mating with each other and it's creating all these hybrids so it's like they haven't they haven't set a species for all these quote-unquote hybrids mm-hmm. so you know it kind of help it kind of holds that the peacock fishery back like not a lot of people are really dedicated to it um because um there's, there's just no hype you know yeah. and i feel like one of the ways to hype it up is to just say you know if that if that really is the case like okay this fish is 70 percent 80 percent butterfly 20 percent popoka this has this fish has more more butterfly genetics than it does have popoka from looking at the outside because the thing is if you're going to submit a fish in, it's like you got to kill the fish and then you have to mm-hmm. get the dna of it like might as well take a bunch of good photos observe it while you, you know while you can through the photos and then just say okay this is we're going to follow this under butterfly because of the spots because that's yeah. how they really that's how they're really identifying these fish especially the fish that are in south america they're that's how they're identifying. like oh look at the spots all like we found 200 of these fish that are have a spot on its head okay it's a popoka you know or (laughs) this has the bars this is a tementis this is that you know so it's like here they're holding that fishery back because they don't want to have a bunch of misconceptions of like what fish is what so like my idea is why don't you just do it that way where it's like um you know do it where you can just uh, identify the fish by looking at the spots and just say okay now 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 there's like let's just say there's four new species of peacocks here for whatever the reason is and they're hybrid hybriding with each other and it's like okay now there's line class records that can be broken there's yeah. more igfa memberships that are going to be uh introduced you know more people are going to be more excited about it because they're going to be like oh i'm going to fly down to florida and break this record and i'm going to try to break the line class record like oh let's do that that's just going to bring a lot more people down to um to florida and miami yeah to where there's like the opportunity to like you know you want to inject a little bit of competition into it i was trying to look at like that's another interesting topic is like a lot of people i don't think realize like some people just think you know peacock bass is one fish you know like those giant ones in like uh i don't even know where um What's the place where those massive three-bar peacock bass live? 
Uh, they're in Brazil. They're in Colombia. The Tementes. Colombia. I know Colombia's like. Well, the, yeah, I think some people are under the impression that that is like the same thing we have, and it's no, not. no, no. It's not. Yeah, but it's I didn't not. even know. I knew that. I knew that what they had initially. I don't know. Back in the eighties, they had like experimented with various different kinds, uh, but only predominantly the butterflies survived. And one other one is it? Maybe it's the one you were mentioning. It kind of has like dots all over it. It's got. It's a popoca and. The other one's like or Orin Orinco Orinoco something like that. Oh, uh, Orinoco maybe. I know Orino that's a river. That one, name. yeah. The Orinoco Orinoco, yeah. Because that's I, that is that that's interesting. Because I know you mentioned like the record. I always thought that was weird. At least I think it was recently, maybe within the last year. It like at least was one that was bumped up over like maybe nine pounds something. I don't know what the record is actually. Oh yeah, it's nine nine pounds eleven ounces. Um, uh, Felipe, which is a friend of mine. Yep. Yep. He he broke the record uh last year. But then prior to that, it was like something that like I swear I've seen photos of ones that were bigger than that. I was like, what's taking so long for that to be broken? I'm like, I know guys are catching bigger ones. It was like eight pounds something. Yeah, um, no, that that uh that brings me back to like the cold, you know. So yeah. we haven't had a freezing so long, more and more big ones are getting to that size. So there's gonna be more and more nine pounders. Um, out there and there are more and more nine pounders out there and it's because we haven't really had a cold you know this mm -hmm. last winter we had like maybe two really bad days but it wasn't like a week long where it was like in the 30s that that's what kills them yeah yeah that's an interesting one like i Genetics know there's has a lot to do with it too i know there's a lot of guys who like i said are planning or want to do that trip and don't really know where to start and we'd kind of gone down that road but like let's say like somebody's you know kicking around the idea and they want to show up with i don't know one rod and like what is like maybe like good like if they were to grab up a handful of like artificials like what would be some suggestions of effective lures to throw at these things or is it more or less i think to your point like i've noticed when they're on beds i mean hell you could throw a rock in there and they'll it's like they want to pick it up and move it out of the bed almost more than anything yeah. but yeah, I've caught, I've caught, I've caught peacocks on beds without, like using anything. You know, I yeah, <laughs> guilty of it, but you know, I'm not like I'm not killing the fish, so it's like, right, right. You know, and when well, I do, enough if of I them, do but... find one, if I do find a big one on the bed, it's like catch the male, you know, release it as fast as I can, mm -hmm. you know, and and and, and people may not realize the male is actually the bigger one, right? Right, most like ninety nine percent of the time, yeah. Yeah, you know the females don't really get that big, um, but uh, you know I and fishing on a bed, it's like leave the female alone. There's no mm -hmm. reason. There's yeah. no reason. I ninety nine percent of the time I leave the female alone. You know, if whatever reason the female attacks the lure first and the male, then so be it. I try to throw her in as fast as I can, but most of the time it's just get the male, take the photo, throw it back, and most of the time they go back. The males yep. actually go back. I've yep, seen I've it seen happen that. too. Because yep. I've gone back to the spots and they sit, they sit right back on it. You right. Know? As long as you like throw them back right in front of the bed, I notice they're like they'll see the female, they'll try to pass through the bed, and then they'll just kind of like circle the area for a little bit and then they'll come back. I've seen yeah. that a bunch of times. That's an interesting one because it's like they're almost like when they get really aggressive on those beds, them things are almost like a sitting duck, especially in that clear water. It's like yeah, yeah. And it's almost more like a game of just simply finding them. And it's like, well, 
their fate is sealed because they're going to eat. But finding um, one, finding them on the bed is is it's fun. Yeah, I guess a suggestion to anybody who's coming from out of state to do it, it's like that may be the best time to do it, to at least be able to cross it off the list. But, you know, you should also approach it with a level of ethics, clearly. Right, right. That's my uh, way of, like, if you're going to come out of town, that's, like, my way of, like, that's how you should respect it, you know? Yeah. So, you know. Well, what are you of- typically throwing? Are you throwing, like, hard plastic, like, lipped, like, subsurface crankbaits? I usually waters. throw like a little. Um, I don't have one laying around here. Uh, like a little, a real small swim bait, like two inch, like a two inch swim bait. Um, and the and the reason being is because that, that's if I'm throwing it on a bed. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because obviously you have to like pick at them for a while. Depends on like how aggressive they are, and they're not really feeding. They're just trying to defend the bed. And so sometimes when they when they try to like suck in the bait or you know that's just their way of defending it obviously because they don't have hands so uh yeah. <laughs> what they'll do is they'll they'll suck it in their mouth and then spit it back out so you need something small enough where they're gonna suck it in and set the hook as soon as like uh, okay you know yeah i've seen them to do that and it's funny because they'll come at it and like sort of flare their gills out like they're trying yeah. to scare your lure away yeah it's but, crazy um, so like i know like in a lot of these areas it's like you're you're in a very urban type of setting and some people you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to tell, like, am I allowed to be here? Am I not? I mean, have you found, like, is it pretty easy for people to, like, know if they're in an area where, I guess, it, legally they can fish? Is there things they need to know as far as, like, making sure they're not going to get themselves in any, any kind of trouble, walking through the wrong neighborhood, through the wrong yard, yeah, across there, the wrong there property? Is, there, There's a lot of public areas. Um Man, that's tough because like I, I I'm one of those who just doesn't care, you know. I'm I'm, very, I'm the same very, way. <laughs> to know, a I'm, point. I'm, yeah, no, I'm I'm very guilty, very very guilty of some things that I've done. I knock on wood, I haven't gotten caught. Um, I've done some crazy stuff, but uh, <laughs> if you're just coming from out of town, and like I feel bad sometimes because like, it, you know, it's like okay, they're in Miami. I'm in Miami. Where do I go? Um, hmm. I have to say like any public canal anywhere where it's like, it's kind of obvious open area, you know, where there's signs that, that, that does, if there's signs there that says like, Oh, just be careful, like, or whatever, or beware of alligator, which is bullshit. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> obviously signs that say no fishing, they, you might get, you know, but most of the time, like no one really gives you a hard time unless you're like in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. I've noticed that too. I will, I will say this to anybody thinking about it. Because I know when I first came, I was a little bit, I don't know, I get like, I, I don't want to be confronted by a Karen. Like, I'm going to get out. I'm just going to leave it alone. But I did notice, and I will say this to anybody, it seems every single parking lot, at the very least, has a sign that says, tow-away zone, no unauthorized parking. That is bull crap. I'll yeah. park overnight in these things. Like, you can park, I'll say this to anybody thinking, for the most part. Okay, if it's at a, a a grocery store, walk in there and buy a Snicker bar. Now you're a customer. But it's like, I feel like at the very least, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's kind of a, a, I, I think a little bit of common sense will take people a long way. Like if you're jumping over a fence, yeah, maybe you're going to invite that negative encounter with somebody. There's areas where there's like you, you like you have to jump a fence, and it's not illegal at all. It's crazy. Yeah. There's areas that are like that, you know, and then like the areas that say like tow away, it's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to be here for five minutes. 
Uh, it'll take a tow truck approximately 20 minutes to get here. Yeah. Be, you know, I'll jump Keep in the car. Watch and go. Yeah, no, that's pretty much how it is. You know, areas yeah. where it's like, dude, really? By the time that person calls the tow truck and then, yo, they're coming. And then it's like, dude, like, you think I'm going to wait for them to come? Like, dude, right. I'm you know, so, like, get my plea. You know, then the yeah, I never, I never had issues with that, though. It's like, I don't think, I mean, especially the bigger businesses, like a major chain like type of place. Yeah. They just, they don't know who's there for what. I think at some point, I mean, there's no regulating that. It's like, I don't know. If you're in like an old folks retirement home community where every like parking spot has like a, a numeric value and like, and they, they like, and there's supposed to be a parking pass or whatever, maybe. But, um, but anyway, so like, I know like when I first got to like the Miami area, it's kind of funny how you say that. It's like when people ask, well, where do you go? And you're not really lying when you just say, any canal because it seems like they're in every one of them like they really just literally they're 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 in, I, you walk up and you're going to find one within minutes of walking the bank but is there specific features in the canals because the canals a lot of times just a straight line to your point especially the further south you go it's like there's no vegetation it's just rock and clear water and a straight line is there yeah. certain features that you key in on like culvert pipes or intersections of the canals or like what, no, uh, what what should people look for uh grass and bait you know for canals but but like the funny thing is like i don't i don't really fish canals i don't okay i don't fish canals whatsoever i hate fishing canals you know yeah. like i don't have the patience for that i try to look for uh lakes you know okay nice lakes lakes with an ecosystem most of the time the peacocks don't leave those lakes mm -hmm. you know Areas where there's like the thing is if you find a solid lake where it's got three more most important things, which is um the main thing is that having a good ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. And I try to tell this people try to tell this to people a lot. It's like you need they need to have you need to have grass, bait, and a lot of structure. And it's because that creates a really healthy ecosystem. Right. And if one thing dies, it, it fucks everything else up. And I've seen it, mm -hmm. like I've seen it. I've lost so many good spots where like lakes literally die and i and i hate to say it like that but it's true like i've seen i've seen lakes where the grass is overgrown and then there's no room for the peacocks to bed the peacocks need oh, to bed, yeah you know so if, if they're overgrown on the banks imagine how deep it how how all the grass is you know grown on the bottom so it's like where are they bedding are they dying you know and i've seen it where it's like the peacocks that were so healthy, like the big ones are still in there, but they're skinny and they're black, you know, mm. which means there's no food. They're stressed out. So it's like having, finding a really good lake with a really good ecosystem is so important. And once you find that, it's like that it takes you so, it takes you such a long way, you know, and I've, yeah. I've there's lakes that I, that I still fish to this day that it's like, you know, knock on wood, like nothing has happened to them it, it's still such a strong ecosystem there's bait everywhere the peacocks are still feeding very good there's grass everywhere there's room there's places where the bait are going to hide and then the peacocks are going to breed and it's just a really good ecosystem and that's that's the one thing i look at it's like i'll, I'll even go to lakes and i'm like yeah i'm not i'm not going to waste my time walking this lake mm. oh there's too much grass the grass is way overgrown not saying that there's there's not going to be big fish in there I'm sure there is, but it's like, how, you know, how are you going to approach it? You know, that that's yeah. kind of my thing. Like, am I going to waste my time trying to, trying to, you know, bust my ass and 
figure out um, how the slake, how the slake is gonna produce, or am I gonna just you know, you know, find find some other spot? Yeah, that's good advice because you know I think a lot of people probably start where I started, where you kind of walk a canal, and you're you're right. It's like they just have the leeway to just leave. They can just keep yeah. going. Um, you know, it's funny because I I uh I used to do a lot of peacock charters. Uh, now it's kind of slowed down. Now when I do a peacock charter, it's more mm -hmm. like the people who booked me from like years ago. Um, but I actually chartered uh, Donald Trump's personal uh, civil engineer. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, he designed uh, Trump's one of Trump's uh, house houses up in. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Pompano or West Palm. I think it's West Palm. He has a house over there. He designed his helicopter pad, his pool. Uh, he even. Um, uh he actually to this day he still designs some of his golf courses remodels them stuff like that so what he was trying to tell me and he loves to fish um he told me that all the lakes are connected everything is connected because when yeah. it, it rains a lot here so everything has to level up mm -hmm. so one lake can be higher than another so everything is connected no matter what he goes no matter what everything is connected but it's like there's air there's lakes where it's like they don't um they don't really like the sewers are not completely open. They have like gates on them. Yeah. So like, the big ones are are technically stuck in there. Like the small ones can move in and out if they're small enough to fit through the cages and stuff like that. But okay, that's funny. It, it yeah, ninety percent of the time it like filters out filters the little ones out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. And like some of them, the ones that are that are open, um, they're like on the top of the lakes. They can't get out. That's if yeah. the lake gets to that level. It's like okay, now everything needs to level up. So most of the time, the sewers are like up on the banks. So it's like they now they really can't get out. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I guess if somebody's really doing their homework and if you can ascertain what's that kind of water body and not. But you're right. I, I mean, all of South Florida is one giant like flood management system. All those canals are designed to like keep everything from going underwater. So I think you're right. I think everything's for the most part connected with the exception of some of the ponds that were probably... I don't know, designed to make residents happy because they have scenery. Right. But um, I don't want to get too stuck on the, on the peacock bass thing because you've done so much more. And like, you uh, know, I love peacock bass. I think they're awesome. But I, I feel, love, like, I I feel like after living here for a while, you know, there was other things I ended up moving on to. But I will say one last thing too. A lot of people that are going to come for peacock bass is because of like the bass appeal. I mean, and obviously it's not actually a bass that they're cichlids essentially, but like bass anglers, especially want to get a peacock bass, but a lot of bass anglers, I think they like approach it in that like large mouth bass, like frame of mind. Like you got to get up early. You got to get that morning bite. Um, at, least, at least for me, that hadn't been, I mean, what's your perception? Like, do they need to worry about getting up early in the morning, or is this the kind of fish you can still do just fine when the sun is high? It's actually a really good question. I've never, I've never had anyone ask me that, but it's a really good question. That that question actually goes a lot, uh, a lot of different ways. I've actually spoken to a lot of professional bass anglers. Uh, um, I even took, I even took the Guggen squad out uh, one time. Uh, <laughs> That's I was, funny. <laughs> I spoken to my guy Canelli. Um, yeah. Uh, who's the other one? Scott Martin. I've had a few conversations with him. So it's like they like the mentality is actually completely different. And and it's funny because like these people have won competitions, and then you got the like the Guggen Squad. I'm not. I don't know if they won have won anything, but they're they're very familiar with the largemouth industry. They've won life. They've won bank right. accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So it's yeah. like they either way, they still have an experience in that industry. Yeah. So you know, their mentality is it's it's completely different. You have to approach these fish completely different. And even they tell me like they're like, man, like, yeah, catching a 10-pound largemouth is crazy, but man, like I just want to know what it feels like to fight an eight-pounder or a seven-pounder. Like, I want to know what it feels like. And they still go out of their way to try to catch one, you know, and which I think is pretty cool because I I really want to catch like a 10-pound largemouth just so I can like know what it feels like. Yeah, you know, I'm right there with but, you. I've never caught a 10-pounder. Yeah, I'm yeah. There's eight, a lot of like, eight pounds. There's a lot oh, of no, I need to I need to start going after the bass a little bit more. Um I don't know. I I gotta play with them a little bit more, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm on, I'm on my biggest bass, and I caught it in like high school. Oh, it was only a little over eight pounds. But anyway, this ain't about me. But yeah, the peacock right. bass thing is I feel like you take a five pound largemouth and a five pound peacock. Like peacock bass are phenomenal fighting fit. It feels like a grouper. Like this yeah. is a powerful fish like size for size and i don't honestly, think they're the same as largemouth at all honestly the the, um, the 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 one main thing that really hypes me out about them is like it's just the way they look and mm -hmm. the way they're so aggressive the way they feed that that's really what hypes me up and then just at the end getting that solid photo is really what like just, yeah <laughs> you know my photos i i really take them to like another level i try to dude they're incredible Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like, I, I didn't look at it. I was like, Jesus! It makes me want to come over there. Yeah, it, you know, it's like, it's just, uh, you know, holding the fish a certain way is, it's just, to, just to get people to appreciate it. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not really trying to like make the fish look big. It's, I'm it, right there with you. I don't want to see somebody's dirty ass fingernails have been scratching their ass with, like, yeah. but there's, and that, that's got to be the most photogenic, like, photo worthy species of fish too. Like, they have got more eye appeal. Than maybe oh. any other freshwater fish in the entire continent. But it's crazy because they still don't have that big of an uh an industry. Like they really haven't made that much yeah. of an impact. And it's because, like I said, that uh the whole species thing being one of the reasons. Number one, number two, Miami is barely a quarter of you know Florida as it is. So imagine compared yeah. to the United States. Like the rest of the states that hold largemouth, it still doesn't compare, you know. And then the, imagine, like, not even just Miami, just the neighborhoods in Miami. It's like, you know, it, certain mm -hmm. areas are going to hold them. So it's still that industry is not going to expand to largemouth. You know, it's, it'll it still has room to grow, but not yeah. not to the largemouth extent. I think largemouth have pretty much cemented their spot on the mantle in north america yes. for like the fish which is curious because i mean i love going bass fishing but i mean they're, they're all right but uh there's just been such an entire industry built around that fish like i mean i just nothing will ever take their space but i think i think anybody that sees especially when they look at like your photos and i mean you're just out there on foot walking you got like a backpack with some gear and one rod and you're blasting these things now granted i know you know what you're doing because i've gone over there time and time and time again i'm like where are these giants at i can't yeah. find them so like it's there's there's definitely a level of knowledge and skill involved that you've you've mastered but um yes and no but like i said the main thing even with like a lot with any other fish it's just understanding how they live yeah that's that's all it is once you get that down pack it's it's not i'm not gonna say it's easy but it's it's a better understanding well, South Florida's whole like exotic scene is such a, a, an interesting thing. It's almost good that the climate is so like particular for these fish that like 
the fear can't even be there for them to like spread and kill everything else, you know, because it's easy if you take an exotic species like like, for instance, the northern snakehead up in the northern states, you throw that sucker out there and it's like people get scared because it's now it's, you know, those aren't canals. Those are like wild rivers like they've got room to spread. It can scare people. But here, like all the fish species we have, like are constricted by a specific climate like barrier there's like an invisible barricade they can't get past and that's just purely climate but you have like you got to be like one of the guys that i've seen that has literally gotten all of them so it's like i've seen a photo of you holding a red tail catfish the, those big paku that's the one that i've been interested in lately i'm like i gotta find where them damn things live like i haven't i haven't knocked that one off um so you've got the red tails the paku the snakeheads I didn't see that you done you've done the clown knife fish by now for sure. Uh actually I haven't. I've got I've targeted them. Oh, uh, okay. A handful of times. I just never like I, I just never really care for them. I know. I'm about to say, I think if you wanted to, you'd probably knock them out. I don't I don't find them to yeah, be too, yeah. They're actually, just a weird them. fish. They're yeah. not really hard. They're just kind of a I don't know, man. They don't play by the rules. They're really strange. Yeah, I've never yeah. really I I've lost a couple of them. I had one like right up not at my feet because i was on yeah. a boat uh but uh i i just never really cared i like i really never really cared for them you know i've targeted them so many times and like i tried and tried and then i was just like dude like i i really don't care you yeah know, like, again, like if i had the chance the opportunity to go again and like go on the boat and try to catch them you know but even like it's funny because like even when i see them on social media and when people catching them it's just like i it just does nothing for me it's cool it's a bucket yeah. list I guess maybe like way down in the bottom of the list, but you know, I agree. I think it's one of those ones. It's, it's another one where it's, they've got sort of like that photogenic appeal to where it's like, it's just, it's weird enough to where it makes for kind of an interesting photo. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but that's about it. Shark bait, my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Solid shark bait. That's what I hear about the snakeheads. They're like, Oh, that's swordfish bait. I'm like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Are people really doing that? Yeah, well, but, I worked at a tiger shop, and people were were like, they asked for them. They legit. Do they troll them or something? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, they troll them. Um, it's a really good uh presentation uh presentation with when it comes to those those snakeheads. I guess I can see it. They're pretty streamlined. They probably don't like spin on like the line yeah. if you're trolling them. But um, yeah. the snakeheads another good topic. I've seen you with some some real big snakeheads. I'm kind of curious your opinion on like snakehead versus peacock bass like how, how you would compare and contrast them um by, like i don't know where, where... Cool, you know they're a pretty cool fish to, to target as well um that's another fish that like i, I was very lucky enough to catch a 10 pounder uh not yeah. too long ago a real i think i know one. which one you're talking about the one i posted beast. recently yeah yeah that one um it was at a um uh, he was he's a rapper in miami he's well known uh, um He's like, an, it was, he used to be called, I guess his name is called Grind Mode. That's his, that's his <laughs> band name. But yeah. if you hear the song, you'll like, it's a Miami song. Mm-hmm. And um, he invited Mike and I, Monster Mike. I don't know if you know, you know. Monster he was, Mike. Yeah. yeah. He, he invited <laughs> him and me over to his house to catch the snakeheads because he feeds them. And uh, there was like 10 pounders <laughs> everywhere, like huge ones. And uh, Mike caught like an eight, nine. And then I caught one that was double digit, like for sure. Yeah. That's and, all like the uh, size of the banks are like rocks or something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then I was like, I was so happy because I was like, all right, good. Now I caught a giant one. I could care mm. less about these things. You yeah. Know? Targeting them was kind of the same because 
when you do find them on their uh, spawning season, you'll find them yeah, kind of big time. Way, like like peacocks where they're on fry. Mm-hmm. You'll find them where and it's, it's like, the male and the female, and they're like yeah, doing laps around it, the yeah. The, and it's it's like the coolest thing. It's so cool. Yeah, it's, and their colors like during the spawn colors when they flare out all those wild colors. Yeah, yeah. That's You'll an see interesting the blue. One. They have blue in them, like the tail. Yeah. Has blue. It, it's it's really 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 cool. Um. But that's like another fish that doesn't really have like, you know, an impact. You know, that's just certain areas. They have a steeper hill to climb because like the peacock bass is just like blessed with like the bass name. So right, it's like right off the and like, you know, butterfly. It's like a be- it's like there's beautiful like connotations behind the name. And then you got a, something called a snakehead. And it's like, you know, people just like, ooh, when they hear like even hear about snakes. Yeah. They just, I don't know, man. That they got a they got a steep hill to climb if they want to gain acceptance. Although, what, like though. the good thing about like the South Florida like fishing culture, I feel like the culture of people in Florida are so much quicker to accept the variety. Like, like yeah. you throw yeah. a new fish in there and people don't get scared of it. They're like, oh hell yeah, something new yeah. to chase. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's cool because like the snakeheads that when they get that big, they're they're really fun to fight. Like even fighting that yeah. that that ten plus um that i posted it did even jump like a sailfish it was like the coolest thing yeah like in the video you can't really tell because i'm blocking it but like in the very corner like my shoulder like you could just see it like it's like dancing on its tail uh-huh. and i was like dude what and, like in the middle of the phone like this thing did not just do that you know but that was that was one like that was a really cool experience you know what i what i try to target one that big again probably not but uh still i got a great photo and a great yeah you know, Great, great video. So fuck I've it. gone after the snakeheads a lot of times, and I've seen the double digits. I've hooked the double digits. I haven't, I haven't like, I haven't sealed the deal on one yet. So it's sort of like I think I'm the same as you. Is like once I get that under my belt, I'll probably leave them alone for a while. But I've had enough close encounters that it like it kind of eats away at the back of my mind. I'm like, damn, like I've been that close. But um, you're tough. One. I used to use I like most of the time I use bass tackle because I'm so stubborn, but you really got to use like 40, 50 pound leader. Yeah. They'll they'll pop you off. Mm-hmm. I've lost I lost one that that was at least in, in the 12 pound range not too long ago. And it it was I mean, it was just the head. I mean, the head was like Yeah. Oh yeah. When they start getting that size. Day, right? They get like intimidating when they get that big because they're yeah. so long. Like they look yeah. like dragons moving through the water. I think they're way more badass than northern snakeheads. I've gone up to Virginia to chase those several times, and like those are like probably cooler looking, but like and they live in more wild and like like you know more pristine looking environments. Like you feel like you're actually like fishing for something wild out there because you're way out on these major river systems, like way back in like the in the weeds and the thick stuff and like here you're fishing behind a mcdonald's pitching underneath yeah. shopping carts <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. i feel like our snakeheads i i feel like the bullseye snakeheads fight way harder than the northern snakeheads it's weird they're, they're not know, but... they're they're cool and it's like it's them like it's all the thrill is all just in the pursuit like in the hunt because like it's very active style of fishing like you're covering a lot of ground you're making a lot of casts and then they they wake like across the surface and go bam like they got a really like they got it like you know if you're into that top water bite 
I'm a terrible topwater fisherman. I'll admit it. Like I can't keep my composure. I swing too early. I get all scared. Like, funny, but yeah. those Northerns, man, they wake on a bait and smoke a bait like nothing else. But after that, I don't know. Their their fights like meh. Right. They're just they're just cool looking. But anyway, I wanted to tackle all this freshwater stuff because I mean, our we got to take a lot of pride in like our scene, you know, in South South Florida, the South Florida freshwater like scene is like i feel like our i feel like our like bank fishing scene is the best in the country like we we have it better than everybody else because you got you got the gulf you got the atlantic i mean and you got all the exotics you got like access to all kinds of different species of fish salt fresh everything all just walking on your two feet um and all within two two and a half hour range to really cover all that ground you know, I love yeah. like I love to just do those days where I start on the West Coast and drive across to the East Coast. And you like you if you're really proactive and you got a good like game plan, I mean you can catch tarpon, snook, jacks, bowfin, Florida gar, largemouth bass, peacock bass, Oscars, all kinds of cichlids, tilapia, snakeheads, yeah. clown knife fish, all in the same day. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's we're so blessed and like you know, sometimes I feel like a little brat where it's like, like, I want to catch something new now, you know, like a lot of people are like that here. It's like, oh, like one day I can just go catch tarpon and then, oh, you know what? Let me, I'm, I'm feeling snook or, you know, I'm feeling yeah. like, like along <laughs> with the other people, quick. A lot, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm too spoiled and it's like, all right, dude, I want to go to fucking, I want to go to Texas and catch a bull red. I want to go, mm-hmm. like, I want to go. You know, catch a go to Louisiana, catch a big ass drum. Like I want to do that. Yeah. You know? Now it's like we got some big ones here, uh, like in the Central Florida range, kind of by like the Cape Canaveral area. Mm-hmm. It's like you still get some big ones there, but there's there, there's no way you're gonna compare that to like the ones in Louisiana. And that's what I that's like my next goal. Yeah. I know um, I got some buddies up in the same guys I go snakehead fishing with in Virginia on the Chesapeake. They there's this bridge in like the chesapeake bay but it's actually like a tunnel that goes it's really weird it's kind of creepy looking if you look on google maps instead of a bridge they built a tunnel that goes under this massive bay but they like when i talk when you want to talk about world-class redfish like these things will blow your mind like these dudes are catching like 55 inch redfish just monster giant redfish it's like it's astonishing but i get the same way like we live in like paradise fishing but I spend a lot of my days like daydreaming about, oh, I want to, and matter of fact, the end of March, I'm planning to go to Idaho because I want to catch a white sturgeon. So I might always occupy my time thinking about going to these other states. Hell, I haven't even caught like a real tarpon yet. So I guess that's a good segue into the next thing because you have, and you've yeah. caught them from shore. And just to stay kind of on that theme of fishing from shore, the other side of your, like, content if you want to call it that i hate to you know use the cheesy language but like your your instagram is right. the, these monster tarpon photos that you have like from the beach toes in the sand with these colossal tarpon that you're that you're catching tell me a little bit about that scene i mean you've you've pulled it off it looks like numerous times this yeah. big tarpon from the beach yeah that um that that also it, it's kind of the same thing with the peacocks like one that big, it just, it just, man, I don't, I don't even know where, where it can explain that feeling. 
Like it really like when when you get when you when you mount like face grab a tarp in that size over 100 pounds 150 pounds and and you ha- and you're holding it and you're looking at it it's like it's like wow yeah, yeah. it's different when you're looking at it on video it's different when you're looking at it you know when you're feeding it at a dock or looking at it at a marina but when you have that when you have it in your hands it's like damn like and it's like wow this is like a living dinosaur you, you mm-hmm. see the detail in the face you know you see all the scars you see the aging in the oh, face, yeah. eyes <laughs> you see everything and it's just like you appreciate it and and most importantly you try to respect it as much as you can mm-hmm. you know they've been around for so for millions of years so it's like you know to be able to just go and catch one on on a jig you know it's like yeah it's it's really and then you, you start to like you know, try to, you want, you're like, now you get addicted. You're like, I want to understand them more. So that's, you know, all I can do is take your word for it. Cause like I said, I've not made it happen yet. I really just, there's no excuse for it. I've been here for like four and a half years and I just avoided it, I guess, because you know, you get this picture in your mind that like, it, I mean, it, it's arguably the most iconic sport fish in the entire state. I mean, that's like the, that's like the, the top tier fish. That's like, at least within like, close to shore type of fish um but you know you get this idea in your head that you got to be like out in a boat in like boca grand pass like that type of thing but i just find like your style so much more interesting like that you're catching it like from land or some of the guys that i know here in like the peace river there's giant ones way up in the rivers like way up in the black rivers like the the tarpon are all black their faces are black their eyes are yellow yeah. i'm like that's the one that i want i don't care about you know it's cool to see the ones that they catch on like 7 mile bridge or whatever down in the keys where right. they're all silver and these migratory fish and that's awesome but it's like from at a personal level like i'm so much more interested in like the way that you do it and you paint a good picture of it like you like I could like visualize what you're talking about. Yeah. And the way that you do it at night, because I've had my encounters, I've had my misses with them. But like the way that their eyes glow, like once you hook up and like you you start trying to get a spotlight on them to see what's happening, you see those red eyes glowing. It's like, oh yeah. my gosh, this is like it feels more like you're monster hunting than fishing at some point. It's like, damn, this is a different level. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I I uh I try to avoid the light. Um I mean, obviously, I've seen I've seen millions of tarpon, like even yeah, with their yeah. eyes shining. Um, so yeah, I do understand that, but I try to avoid the whole light, the whole spotlight thing. To scare the possible. other ones. Um, no, not really. They're, they're gonna get whatever's around is gonna get spooked either way from all the yeah, junk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I try to avoid that because I, I mean, I just there's no need for it. I try to have like a feel for it. My eyes are already dilated from it being nighttime. Yeah, yeah. I need the flashlight just gonna fuck with me um and the only the only time i i'll call my friend over like yo shine the light it's when like yo i think he's getting too close to yeah yeah yeah. i need to know where i'm gonna turn him shine the light so i can see where where he's at right Um, yeah once i get him away from any structure whatever it's like okay turn it off let me do my thing you know yeah that uh, makes sense these the, the the tarpon you're looking at from the beach i'm not I'm not catching them directly from the beach. I'm actually catching them in an inlet. Uh, okay. Um, from, a, then, from a jetty or something? A and jetty, walk, yeah. Walking them to the beach? Yeah, I'm, I'm having to turn them. And I'll, I'll, like the way I do it, uh, some of the people actually know, you know, who 
anyone listening to me talking about this or like anyone who's going to watch this, they know where I fish. And obviously I don't want to blurt out a spot, but uh, I don't know where you fish. So they know, they know that me uh, turning, turning where I turn the fish. A lot of that has to do with timing. You know, you can't just, you can't just hook the fish in the middle of an inlet, bring it close to you and then walk it. Like the way I do is fighting it and trying to time it where it's like, he's going to get close when he gets close to land or get close to the structure, it's going to be right where I beach him. So that's, the, that's like the main, uh, the, the main way to do it. You know, the proper way to do it. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Like, excuse me. A lot of, a lot of people who look at my photos are like, wow, they, they, they get mind blown. And it's like, when I look at it, it's more like, yeah, like that wasn't easy. You know, it's, it's, you appreciate it more. Like I appreciate it more. It's like, fuck, like I just, I just did that. Like that, that's an, that's a million dollar photo for a lot of people, mm. but, but it's like, it's like, it wasn't easy. You know, I had to figure yeah. that out. No, that jetty fishing is like a whole other monster. I've dabbled in it a little bit. And even just fighting like a shark, I'm like, this is hell. This is like brutal. Especially if you get to a point where you're walking them, like, yeah, walking them down past that and then having to like keep them away from the rocks and off the rocks. And then like, yeah, I, I'm I'm no good at it. I, I Like I said, I know we talked about David uh, Rocca earlier. And it was like, he's got like spiked boots. He's got like a whole system because it's yeah, like, you know. I got to get those. The, the boots. They're, well, they're <laughs> a funny tight. story. I don't have those, and we needed them. And, um, you know, we caught a black tip out there, which was it was a lot of fun on a, on a plug. I, I was like a goal of mine. I wanted to catch a black tip on a lure. So yeah, we, we pulled fun, that off. Man. That's fun. It was it's just, it's just cool. Coming. Yeah. It was I just cool. But, but, well, he had a pair of boots. I didn't. So we were like, all right, well, you wear one boot, and I'll wear the other boot. So we both have, like, <laughs> we both have one good foot. It was That's just hell. Fun. And then, like, the, the, like, jetty was so steep. He had to, like, hold my hand and, like, lower me down onto the rocks. I'm, like, contending with this black tip in the rocks, waves lapping over me. Uh, it's got treble hooks in his face. I'm like, this this is... Dude, I was looking at some of your photos. Like, man, like, you, you've got some stuff, man. You got some... A lot of my bucket list fish. Like, even the Jewfish, that's... Well, I don't want to call it Jewfish. You know, Goliath Cooper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I was like, damn, man, like I want to get one from the beach. That's that's like if the West Coast has any advantage over the East Coast as far as big fish from shore, maybe you could say we have a better shot at getting a Goliath with your feet on the sand. Yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that we do have a lot of uh, a lot of them here. Like We have a ton of them here and you guys, too. Like I say, I'd have to say like the East Coast and the West Coast have probably Mm -hmm. about the same amount, in my opinion. But um, as of what you're saying, I've noticed that a lot of people uh, from the surf get them on the West yep. Coast. There's is, a few. I think it's so cool. There's definitely, well, they're on like every bridge. But the difference like on a lot of our bridges or like, you know, a lot of our inlets and passes are like they open up to a nice beachy sand. So like right. there's so many beaches here where you can stand on the sand and like with a kayak paddle out to the pilings and it's like nothing. There's right. a lot of spots like that, and all of them have Goliaths. I haven't done it at all this year because after the hurricane, all the beaches are, like, closed down. Like, my favorite, like, I like to do it at, on Sanibel. I don't care if people know where I go. It's like the right. Sanibel, Sanibel uh, you know, hell, Sanibel got wrecked by the hurricane. So I didn't yeah. get to do it this year. I like to do it in the winter months because they're all over the place in the winter. But anyway, um, yeah, dude, so, like, the tarpon was a big hitter. Like when I saw that, I was like, I got to ask about that. That's, that's all. Even from a jetty is even more impressive as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, if you're on a beach and you're not really contending with having to like keep a, 
you know, if a hundred and fifty pound tarp, that thing looked bigger than you. Like, yeah, yeah, I've had, like, I've had. I mean, sometimes the pictures don't do it justice. I mean, yeah. one of the videos that I have on there, I'm, I'm like lame. Like I floated up with the tarpon. <laughs> it was longer than me. I'm like, dude, this yeah. Thing- I feel like when, if that thing wants to get in those rocks, I mean, if it really wants to, there ain't, there's nothing yeah. you can do. Yeah, no, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest because you can't hide it. A lot of people, you know, obviously the tarpon fishery has been so much more uh, protective and I respect that hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. But like you, I mean, if you're a tarpon fisherman, you have killed a tarpon. You have accidentally killed a tarpon. It's going to happen to you. There's no hiding yeah. that. There's no hiding that. Everyone's like, oh, like if you do this, you're a bad person. Like, there's no hiding it. There's no hiding it. We've all, we've all, and I, captains, captains, and even surf fishermen, people who are fishing from boats. It's happened. It's happened. You can't control it. This fish is trying to save its own life. They know they're, they're uh, targeted species when it comes to sharks, you know? Yeah. So they're trying to, they're trying to move. They're trying to shake their head. They're trying to do whatever it takes to get out of the way. So it's like, you know, there's only so much you can control. And dude, a, a person like you, a person like me, I, you know, I'm, I can't stop a 150 pound fish from doing what it wants to do. There's no right. way, you know, so I don't care what any captain has to say, what any person has to say, you can't stop it, you know, especially yeah. if you're, you know, yeah, you can avoid it if you're on a boat, you know, and yeah, yes, you know, you have, you have a better chance of, uh, of, not damaging the fish from a boat, but either way, they can still damage themselves from a boat, oh, yeah, you know, and from land. So, either way, it's like you know, you have to try to respect it as much as you can. You know, I'm guilty of accidentally killing tarpon. You know, they've just before the year ended, um, I had a minor concussion. You know, I was landing, uh, nobody really knows about this, uh, because I didn't really I did try not to announce it on Instagram. That's where most, you know, most most of my content people who watch me are from uh, mm-hmm. Instagram, but uh, one of my last photos, it's uh, you can see um, half the tarp. It's one of my most recent ones. I'm wearing my, my black hat backwards and I'm, I'm just there with the tarpon right after that wave came, I hit my head on the rock, got Ooh. real nauseous. And it was just like ringing in my head. I look tarpon was just gone. It was like, I look, I look, I looked right next to me. Tarpon was just like kind of floating and then it kicked off and, and, after that, my head was just ringing. I got up on the walkway, and I'm just like, yeah, I hit my head. A lot of people were there. They saw it. And then next day, I could barely remember anything. So, Yeesh. you know, there's there's only so much. There's only so much you can control, you know. The best, yeah. thing, is to, the best thing is, to, you know, when you're in the situation, don't don't panic and like, all right, we, we need to get the fish. We need to get the fish, the fish, the fish, the fish, the fish. The fish. Like, just be calm. All right, I got to do this. Got to do that. Rod has to go here. Jake has to go here. Jake has to come off. Lure has to go here. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. I need to sit there. Where am I going to land the fish? You know, how am I going to grab the fish? How am I going to grab the fish without descaling them? You know, where am I going to lay them yep. down? You know, where am I going to, where am I going to hold them? You know, where am I going to let them go? Where am I going to revive them? Like, I, that's kind of like, that's one of the main reasons why I try to beach them. It's more like, it's more like, yeah, I just fought this fish for about 35, 40 minutes. I'm going to try to turn him into the beach because after I beach him, he's already tired. There's no way, even if I try to land him um, on the rocks, he's going to swim off of me. There's no way you have to revive the fish. Yeah. So as at least me being on the beach. Okay. I'm not going to have a big ass wave come and hit me. There's no rocks for me to damage myself or the fish. Mm-hmm. I can sit right there on the beach, you know, waist deep reviving the fish. 
for as long as I need to, which I've done. I've sat on the beach for 30, 30 minutes, the max, just waiting for him to get a real good kick. And it's like, okay, he's ready to go. You know, that's, the, yeah. that's, why, that's one of the main reasons why I try to beach him. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't even try that on those rocks. I, I don't know. It's like, even the other day when, when I was there, it's like, it's just not like, and they're not like rocks you can really get a grip on. They're slippery. You're sliding down into the water. It's just it's too dangerous. I think it's it's easy to say we got to take care of the fish, but like if you can't take care of yourself first and foremost, you're not gonna be able to take take care of the fish. It's like you you got to preserve your own safety first. And like going back to the Goliath thing, I'm the same way because I, all the ones that I've caught, I've done it like alone. I just go solo, and yeah. it's like you got to have like a program in place, like exactly where we're gonna lay the fish. If you're gonna do photos at all, or or still frame a video or whatever you want to do, you need to have the tripod set up with a light. Like my thing's got a light mounted on it. Like like that's cool. Get your photos, but like yeah. don't Honestly, be bumbling and fumbling around. I got I gotta say this because I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a selfish type. I'm very I gotta say I'm very I've been so very grateful and very lucky to have um, the people I fish with take my photos the way yeah taken like i've been so lucky i've been so grateful i've been so appreciative like you know even after my photos are taken it's like man like people would kill to have photos like these and like mm -hmm. and i always think my friends like fuck man like you know i've been so so lucky and so grateful and you know and it's like and it's and i and it's not so much a hundred percent giving the people I'm with credit, it's more my, my, on my behalf too, because like, I know, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get caught. It's like, I know what I'm doing. It's more like, it's more like, okay. Especially with the tarp and not so much the peacocks because it's fresh water and the fish are fine. It's not like a oh, yeah, yeah. type of species. And it's like, it's mainly like with the tarpon or even like a black tip, you know, it's more like, yo, like I'm about to land the fish, whoever I'm with, yo, this is what you need to do. You need to grab my phone. Okay. Um, once I land the fish, you're going to grab my rod. Okay. You're going to put it right on my back. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And everything just lays out. Perfect. You yeah. have to have someone you can trust. Right. I about to say that's, that's been, where it's important to have a crew or like a partner that, that, yeah, I, that's why like, what they're doing. I only fish with certain people, people that I trust, people that I know what I want, people that know what I like, you yep. know, like, and it's not really so much about me. It's more like, okay, yo, if you hook something, I know what I need to do, you know? Yeah you know what you need to do. You know, like we both want something. We both want to have a good photo. We both want to have the fish, um, to live. Most importantly, it's like, yo, don't fuck up the fish. You don't want to, you don't want to get in trouble. What if F does right around the corner and yeah. <laughs> gives you a hard time? What if someone's watching you like, yo, you need to grab the phone, grab the flash, grab your other phone, have the flash ready. I'm going to, I'm going to land this fish a certain way. I'm going to pose a certain way, take the photo, get the lure out. Boom. It's gone. You know, it, it's quick. Everything is quick. So, and that's, that's important. That's very yeah. important. So. Especially with those bigger fish like that. And the glides are the same thing. The sharks are the same thing. You know, you don't want to be the guy killing them because the bystanders that see it, they don't say, Terrence. they don't say Chris killed that fish. They said them damn fishermen. Like you like yeah. embody and represent yeah. all the other guys doing it. But I concur with that. It's not even probably smart that I do some of the glide stuff alone. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, at least with them, you don't have to chase the fish. Like a Goliath, where you hook them, you can plant your feet, and that's exactly where you'll bring them. So, like, you can kind of have all your tools that you need for de-hooking them and getting your photos and getting them out quickly. 
Um, right. Get you can usually get that done pretty quick, and they're really they're strong, heavy fish, but they ain't gonna peel off drag. It's like it's like the weight. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you can you can really if you want to if you put the heat to them, you can bring them in pretty quick. It's a lot better than doing it from a boat. Really? Doing it from a boat is hell because then they're pulling down. Like when they're swimming down. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's yeah. when you see all like the the real like viral YouTube videos of like the bodybuilders like ah yeah like from the yeah. beach it's not even like that you can sit your ass in the sand and just like yeah yeah but anyway yeah. um so yeah I mean the the tarpon is the big one <clears throat> I mean and I looked through your photos you got the giant I mean you've got them all like big snook the cabera I saw that you recently posted that's another one that I that I'd like to uh, run across. The barracudas, the jacks. Um, so just with that said, just all like encompassing. I feel like you've, I mean, you know, I guess, I mean, you're a young guy, but you've already like, like you've already done this massive spectrum of like the freshwater natives, exotics, saltwater, big, small, from shore to the point that you've you've started this. Now, and I only recently, I mean, I guess you just told me that the Florida Surfcasters Instagram page is your page. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I try not to be, like, too open about it. Now it's probably too late, but... Uh, I can edit that out if I need to. We can rerun no, no. through this. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, a, lot of, a handful of people do know. It's actually not 100% mine. Uh, it's actually a good friend of mine. Um, uh, we used to work together at the bait shop um, when I was younger. Uh, he's, it was, this was actually all his idea. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm taking zero credit for this. Uh, this was all his idea. This was um, something that he started, um, but he had no time for it. So what happened was he ended up giving me the page. Um, I had the page for like four years. Mm -hmm. I might, it might be more from my mistake. This was, this started back in 2017. So what originally what he wanted to start was a lifestyle. It was, yeah, I like that. It's a surf casting community. No one's really, you know, push has pushed that. Um, NOBN's done a pretty good job, you know, uh, growing that too, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Uh, they started the same time we did, so but they uh, they 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 started, you know, growing it early, a couple years back more. Um, so what happened was we ended up he ended up moving to another job, and then now I work with him, so we we both work at the same job together. So then he ended up bringing up the idea again. He's like, yo, like, um, give me the page. I want to like, I want to start doing this. And I'm like, and I didn't even know. I was like, yo, what, like, what was it that you wanted to do with this? Was this supposed to be like some shout out page or whatever? He's like, no, like, this is a lifestyle. Like I want yeah. a lifestyle to the surf casting community. It's just all land-based fishing. It's so that everyone, you know, can just come together and like, oh, like, oh, like you're, you're a surf caster. Like, Oh, that's dope. You know, like just to build a community and, you yeah. know, so, so, you know, surcasting, you know, apparel and what, et cetera, et cetera. So I was just like, I was like, yo, like I'm down to do it with you, you know, like, let's like, you know, you know, people, I know people, like, uh -huh. let's just try to like grow this as much as we can. And, uh, he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. So, you know, what we had to do was, um, uh, we had to, we had to like, we had to clean up the page entirely. You know, mm -hmm. the page was just a huge mess. So we had to delete a bunch of photos, unfollow a bunch of people, follow a bunch of new people, find new people, um, post, post people, you know, and, and 
one of the ways I kind of didn't like, I mean, we, we, we've grown a lot. I mean, we're almost at 200,000 followers. Yeah. Um, I feel bad. And even, even my, my friends, my friend feels bad too, is uh, using other people's content. Um, but it was more like, yo, like this is really cool footage. This is surf casting, you know, this is jetty fishing. This is what, et cetera, et cetera. Like, let's just have everyone together. Let's just post everyone, you know, and then now we've now within the past month or two, we've like slowed down on that drastically. It was more like, let's, let's just grow everyone. Let's just bring, let's just try to bring everyone together. Let's just show people who we are, mm-hmm. you know? And then now, now meeting so many people, even going to ICAST this last year, I met so many people that, oh, I, knew, cool. that I knew who we were. And I was just like, uh, and then I was just like, okay, now we need to move to the next step, the next step, the next step. Like, let's just, let's just see how far we can go. And a lot of people love the idea. A lot of people love what we're doing. You know, they want to see more from us, you know? So it's, you know, we, you know, obviously we made, we made shirts. So uh, yeah. You know, uh, and it's have- a cool, like, it's a cool, like low key, like humble design too. You didn't go too yeah. crazy with like, I, I will, I will buy that shirt. That's a cool, yeah. it's a cool design. <laughs> I, I I take full credit. I designed the, <laughs> the back. Yeah. Um. And so now we're we're already now we're already like on the next step. Like okay, now we're gonna bring in uh, products, you know, stuff like that. We're gonna make yeah more apparel. So you know that's that. You know we're you know we're we we're obviously trying to grow the business that we work at now. Uh, mm-hmm. We both we both work for R and R Tackle. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're 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 a fishing manufacturer. We're a brand. We're a distributor. Um, we we actually make these, the jigs. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Oh, uh, and I have a bunch of them hanging up there. <laughs> actually, all oh, the ones chandelier. that are chandelier. No, all the ones that are hanging up there. I don't. I don't know if you could see it. Uh, let me see. Right, right, right there. You see all those? Yeah. Yeah, all those up on top of the current. Yeah, those. All those are all hundred pounders. I've caught hundred pounders. I was about to say, has each of those been in a fish's mouth? Yeah, all That's those awesome. are. <laughs> and then I have two more over there that are also hundred pounders that I've caught. So oh, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, we make we make the aspirin heads. They're called aspirin heads. They're flare hawks. It's a nine o black nickel hook. It's the only jig on the market that actually has this hook. You know, so uh, now this color. Uh, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't sell it right now. This is actually a color that my friend, uh, my partner, he's the one who tied this. He tied this for me, hmm. and well, not this specific one. Another one I have up there. One of the ones I have hanging up there. He tied, he tied me that this specific color, black tail, purple, pink, and then the gray with the you know purple pink head. Yeah. And I, and he's like, oh dude, I I got bored making jigs. I know you like tarpon. You know, <laughs> I made this for you. And when he gave when he gave me that jig, I was looking at it and I was just like, I was like, I'm gonna catch a hundred pounder on this jig. And he's like, Yeah, whatever, dude. And then <laughs> next the next time I go out third cast, I caught a hundred and twenty pound tarpon. He's probably the- like, Give me that jig back. Yeah, no, no. It's funny <laughs> no, no. He's not, he doesn't really like tarpon that much. He's yeah. more of a guy. And I'm a tarpon. I'm a tarpon freak. So it's like. I was like, oh well, third cast. I told you, you know, I was gonna catch, and and it, this color is just amazing. So now, yeah. now we're gonna start making them. That's awesome. So you know, that's that's that. But getting off topic with the with the Florida surf casters, you know, it's like 
that's that's just the community we want to build you know we want to be friendly yeah. with everyone. you know we've we've a lot of people know who we are um so everyone right now is just kind of like what are you guys going to do you know that's kind of where we're at right now well yeah. it's an it is an awesome page and i don't even feel like you're off topic like i mean if i love to see especially like i like to see when people like get to a point where they're able to you know draw a profit off of what they like to do because i how many of us are stuck in a job that is deeply unfulfilling and it's like you know yeah. you never know it could turn into something where it's like literally a, a career and like that's like that's what you do but um but yeah i and i love that and i i wrote it and i underlined the word like i love that you did that you describe it as a community it's not just like a show me page it's not just like a yeah, you know, yeah. hey let, let me just try to like unfortunately I wouldn't say unfortunately, but like some of the videos have gone viral just because they're just vid they're just good videos. Yeah, you know, like one. Oh, that's a good thing. And I lost contact with the guy. This guy got over 105 million views. Jeez. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it was just crazy. It just kept. It's still popping off right now, and like it's just it was him fighting. Uh, it was a Goliath from the bridge, and it just mm. pop. It just it's over a hundred million views right now. And it's, it's crazy. Like stuff like that will happen. And we tried to like, and that's kind of one of the things that we, we tried to stop doing that posting other people's content. Now we're just trying to just post apparel, uh, just so that yeah. people, obviously people can just promote our stuff and wear our stuff. You know, it's so funny because today I was at Wingstop getting lunch and, and I'm, I'm grabbing my food. Some guy literally walks in wearing the shirt. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, I'm like, yeah, you know, like my friend and I own that. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sure you do, pal. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, no. All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, thanks for, you know, pr for wearing the shirt. And he's like, yeah, man, whatever. <laughs> well, well, don't stop. Don't stop putting the photos up either. I mean, I scrolled through them and it's yeah. like, this is awesome stuff. You do a good job of like managing the content. Like I know you talked about you, you deleted some people out. You deleted some photos out because I think it's easy for, I don't know bad stuff to seep in but i recognized a lot of the faces as i was scrolling like oh you know a couple of them even been on this podcast already the episodes are just yet to be released right, um right. two two of the guys within like the first couple layers uh had have been on so it's like all solid dudes and it's even better too that if, it, if it's showing a lot of different faces i mean me as an outsider scrolling if it was the same guy the whole time i'm like well that guy's good at it but you know maybe i can never do it but when you see a lot of different people able to do it, it's like, man, there's really something to this South Florida, like surf fishing culture. Like, this is awesome. Look, really, look at all these guys getting after it. And it's a cool way just to like learn new people, you know, but um, right. it's a badass page. I was like scrolling through it. I'm like, damn, this is, that's what, that's really what we want to do is just build, is just build a community, you know, and, 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 and also kind of just give back in a way, you know, in the yeah. future, if we get if we get big enough where we can give back, we want to do that, you know. Right. You yeah. Know, kind of help people out and like, oh, do you need do you need product? Like, we wanna we wanna give back. You know? Yeah. I feel like that at some point when something gets big enough, you start like having a levels of responsibility that fall on your shoulder to be like, all right, mm -hmm. well, when your voice gets loud enough, you got to really watch the proverbial things you're saying N not necessarily yeah. even words it's just actions like what are you doing it's like you kind of become an ambassador for you know that that culture of fishing that community of fishing but it's it's an awesome page 
I know we're running short on time, dude. You've got like, it's always so tough to talk to guys like you where like when there's so much variety in the type of things that people catch, I have like a hard time condensing it down. Yeah. You know? I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I mean, I got plenty of time with that. You know, that's all I knew, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm open to whatever question you, you want to know. No, yeah. um, I don't know, dude. I think, I think you painted a really good vivid picture of, of everything that I asked. You know, and if I have other questions, it's not like we couldn't do this again, or I just reach out to you off to the side for my own, uh, I don't know, personal interests. Because I mean, I live here, so right. you know, and you're you're clearly a guy who's done some things that I would like to do. So who knows? I'll I'll probably reach out about those things um, off off script. But um, so I see all the stuff that you've done in Florida, and obviously you you could spend a lifetime in Florida and never catch everything there's always more to do i always like to i always like to know though like from fishermen like do you have trips like that you're kind of like sitting on thinking about like i guess you call bucket list fish or like or like fish like adventures or species where you might expand your horizons a little you got anything like on the agenda some travel that you would be interested in doing yeah 100 percent um i feel like uh there's there's two two places I want to go um, is Louisiana for the redfish. That's definitely like a, a, a pl- like a must uh, to catch a bull on fly or, you know, uh, just to catch one in general, but on fly would be really cool. Um, and uh, the next one would be to go to Columbia. I'm, 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 I'm not born in Columbia. But my, my, my whole family's Colombian. My background's Colombian. Oh, so. okay. So, um, to just, just to go there and catch Kuberas and top water and, and, um, you know, just, just to catch those species would be great. You know, like the peacock bass over there, it's, it's a bucket list for sure. But is it, is it really like my top, my top, top, top? Like that's the first thing I'm going to do. No, it's not. Yeah. It, it really isn't. It really isn't. And it's not because it's like, you know, it's not because like, oh, I've caught so many big ones here. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's more like, like I've, I've spoken to a lot of people like, yeah, the big ones are fun, but then it's like, all right, yeah, it gets kind of old, you know, yeah. more like, yo, you catch a Kubera on top water. It's like, dude, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Got your blood pumping, you know, and that you can't really do over here. You know, at least I have a better understanding of like where to find the big peacocks. So it's like, okay, if I really want to catch a big one, I know where to go. You know, mm-hmm. I know how to find them, you know, now to go to Columbia and do that and spend $3,000 for, you know, five thousand dollars on a trip like that it's like i better catch an 18 plus you know are you gonna catch an 18 plus guarantee no but you know if i'm gonna spend that much money i'm gonna i'm gonna catch a kubera first on top water and then do that after if if i if i feel like i have the need to do that you know but definitely go to louisiana catch the bulls the bull redfish that's like that's probably like the first thing i would do um and um and then after that i'd probably book a trip to uh um you know try to get a kubera like a at least a 50 pounder on on top water that's like that's yeah like those a, things are gnarly i agree another with one it. would be australia oh yeah to, to get a gt oh yeah yeah that's like that's like uh that's a, that's another one you know that's like really cool mm-hmm. other than that i mean there's nothing else that really kind of like blows my mind maybe getting like a tuna on top water but yeah know. other yeah, than I, lo- that- I always i love to see like kind of where people's minds are at like 
you know, I don't know, in the dream phase, you catch a lot of fish already that are on other people's bucket list that they're thinking yeah. about. So it's always funny to kind of see, like, a lot of people don't realize that they themselves are fishing somebody else's bucket list, especially us Florida guys. But yeah. um, I'm the same way, though. Like, if I'm going to spend $3,000 or more, I want to catch something that is, like, going to be nothing like what I've ever caught before. Like, yeah. I've actually got some plans. I, I I never like letting the cat out of the bag, but like I've got, there's a very high possibility or good possibility. I want to go to Guyana this year in the fall. That's cool. And one of the fish that live in the river that I want to go to is the same species of peacock bass or like they're like about as closely related to what we see here. And really? I'm going to tell them, I'm going to be like, hey, let, let's, let's keep on going up river like I if I'm gonna spend this much money and we only got a set number of days, we can we can keep on a rolling because I'm not. I was gonna I'm not, say that you know I ain't I, going there to catch peacock bass. I was gonna say that I think our species isn't really from um, uh, Brazil and and Colombia. I like I don't really think that what we have here is actually from from there. I think it's from uh, those other places. Yeah, because because of the way they're growing, they're really boxy here. You notice that. Mm -hmm. more like their head kind of just goes up they're more like a boxier fish yeah. and you look at the fish that are being caught in brazil and colombia they're not like that they're just really long yeah you know you'll find some boxing which i've seen very few photos that are like that but they don't really they don't, and even then the patterns aren't the same yeah like, yeah that, that, it's just, that's probably what you've seen in Guyana, in like the Essequibo River, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, you'll see the ones that look, well, you'll see some that look identical to the ones in, in, that we catch here, but then you'll see other ones, the body structure is the same, but like instead of bars, it's almost like little, like, like dots and yeah, something different, yeah, but spots, yeah. apparently yeah. those are like the closest related, but right. um, I really want to go there, but I'm going to straight up be like, hey, let's, you know, I ain't trying to spend no time catching these. I want to catch something that I've never seen before, like or right. that I will never see before again, or never see again. Here, but. I've like I've seen that it's kind of like a very similar pattern to like those other countries, those other places. Um, they get up to like 12, 15 pounds, you know. Yeah. And they get they get that boxy look that I love. That that's what mm -hmm. really like that's what really is like, fuck, man. Like it, that it's just that flared up box look yeah <laughs> it, like like i said like in south america you don't really see too much of that you really don't just it's just it's everything is specific the fins are specific the dorsal fin specific the the body shape the head is very specific they don't really have that same characteristics that we do here but those other countries they do that's how i know that if we don't really, if we don't get a freeze, like a solid freeze for like another 10 years, someone's going to catch a 12, 15 pounder in my, in, in Miami. And that's going to yeah. change. That's going to change a lot of things. That's going to mm -hmm. open up a lot of people's eyes. You know, it's going to be real crazy, real tough to beat. Yeah. You know? I could totally see that too. Well, let's pray for global warming then. Like yeah, uh, well, <laughs> yes and no. Like, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. I feel like, um, I, I feel, and this is just a theory. I have a bunch of theories that I think is right. Um, but one of the theories is I think that the peacocks are bigger on certain areas because it's a habitable zone. Kind of yeah. like our planet. We live in a habitable zone. I believe that peacocks are growing better and feeding better in certain parts of Miami because it's a habitable zone, you know? So, or the, or the lakes or the areas that they're living in are at a certain depth where it's like, 
okay, I can go deep to warm up if I want to, or I can go yeah. all the way to the top to feed. I can go here, I can go there. So that's another uh that goes back to you know having a good ecosystem. So are they you know. in Lake Okeechobee? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't think so. No, no, no. I always I wondered that. I, I, I guess so. maybe they're not. I, I've not heard of it. I thought, I think maybe I've heard some might be. But I always kind of like thought if they were loose in there, I just don't know if that one can maintain the temperature that they need or whatever. But right. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. That's too far up. It's too far up. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like you're, yeah, you're already pushing it there. And then in Naples, we have a, decent sized lake called Lake Trafford. I always wondered if they got in there. I mean, that's a sort of wild looking lake, but anyway, all speculative, but um, uh, I think I'm coming up on the end of my time, but you know, we've described a lot of awesome fish and I know I keep gloating over your Instagram page and the Florida Surfcasters page, but like people listening who want to see these things, like where can they find you at, whether it be Instagram or YouTube or wherever they might be able to find you any shout out pages you want to give like the Florida Surfcasters one just uh no, not really accounts. um yeah the Florida Surfcasters I feel like we're not really at the point of just trying to like grow it uh like mm-hmm. grow it grow it. it's more like everyone kind of knows who we are they're just you know like I said they're just trying to figure out what we're trying to do like, yeah like, we're like what are they gonna do that's that's kind of everyone right now because everyone we bump into everyone we talk to they're like yeah we know who you are we know who you are like I know who you are so it's more like that but uh, if you're trying to find me, obviously, Chris Fish is my Instagram. That's kind of like, I try not to like, you know, that that's more like where I'm going to get the messages from um, and stuff like that. Or if you want to be updated on my my content, you know, like what I'm what I'm posting and what I'm catching at the time, it's going to definitely be my Instagram. The Florida Surfcasters page is more like, you know, if you want to be part of the surf casting community or you consider yourself a surf caster or, or a land-based fisherman mm-hmm. um definitely be aware of that you know we're, we're gonna try to grow as much as we can um that's that's our goal is to grow as much as we can and create a big enough community where people appreciate um that type of fishing and you know that's pretty much it just just you know following it you know just following it and, and just stay posted on everything And you mentioned earlier that you have, or maybe you still do, or maybe it's like you kind of a case by case, you know, read the person who's reaching out. Do you still do any kind of land-based type urban fishing charters for people? Like, will you still take a client out to go catch peacock bass Um, and stuff? If you're from out of state, I will. That's, that's always been my policy. Yeah. It's probably smart. Uh, People come And I've been pretty lucky. Like, like I've had a lot of people from out of state find me. I've been very, very lucky with that. Uh, very yeah. grateful with that. I've, a lot of uh, apparently a, a lot of people in Ohio know who I am, yeah. which I thought was pretty funny because like someone who who had booked me was like, "Yeah, dude, like there's these guys that talk. There's like a bait shop that knows about you." I'm like, "Oh, that's I guess that's pretty interesting." That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. But like to like a lot of that kind of like slow down on. Uh, I'll still do it you know, under those circumstances. Yeah, that's smart. Cause I think at some point you're just selling your spots to people. So yeah, I won't got any. That's just, just kind of how it is. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. smart. Well, I'm going to end up throwing all these up on the screen for the videos that I do. And then obviously in like the descriptions for where the podcast gets posted, it'll be 
in that. So I link it all because I want people to see the stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm trying to find people that I feel like are good ambassadors for like what they do, whether it's a guy in Alaska or a guy up in the Arctic or a guy overseas or a guy wherever. But um, I yeah, know, man, dude, to post, put, you know, make a nice little collage. I'll repost it. You know, people, and and I'm gonna let you know, like, that I don't talk about like my partner the, uh, with the Florida Surfcast. He's the only one. And he says it the same thing with me. He's the only one I talk about fishing with. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that we talk about tides, the moon, and et cetera, and, and lures and what and you know, stuff like that. Like we're the he's he's the only one I talk to. And like questions like you, like this is probably the first time in a very, very long and like years where I like open up to questions like that. So yeah. Uh, so I, and 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 there's a lot of, every time I like I always try to put like ask me a question on my story. Just like yo, like if you have a question, just ask me. You know, if you have like a reasonable question, just ask me. And like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like they're shy about it. So you know, this is like podcasts, like stuff like this is gonna be the only way you're gonna get something out of me. Because if you bump into me, if you bump into me at Walgreens or at at a <laughs> supermarket, dude, there's no way, there's no way you're gonna have me talk about fishing. Like, there's no way you're gonna catch me like. Yeah, man, you know, like I prefer this time of the year for this type of fish and, and yeah. go, go there. Like you won't you won't you won't catch me doing that, you know. Yeah, there's like a there's like I feel like you're probably savvy enough to know when somebody is genuinely interested and wants to learn and somebody just wants to, I don't know, get free That's information something. for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I'll uh, know right away. And I, I get real dry, I get real yep. simple. I hate to say it like that. I know. But oh, I've they're had everywhere. So people, I've had so so many um messages dms like i'll give you money for a spot or tell Uh, me a spot or i'm coming down to miami like give me a spot it's like dude like you know i i I really i really bust my ass you know Mm -hmm. like i i put so much of my time my energy like i sacrifice a lot to to get to to get not to where i'm at now like i guess to get to where i'm at now like what i've accomplished so far you know, there's yeah. so much more that I want to accomplish. Um, but I've got like I've gone to the point where it's like, dude, I've I've really I've really put my time and and my and my as much as my knowledge as I can into trying to get another person's dream fish. Yeah. And I mean, there's no way you're just gonna like, yeah, dude, where uh, where do you go? Oh, you go here. Okay, I'm gonna go there. Like, no, it doesn't. And then work. you never hear from them again. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Usually if that's like the icebreaker in the conversation is like, if you just, if people reach out to me about things and they just jump straight into where can I do this? You know, like they ain't trying to like, I don't know. I feel like social media, it used to be called social networking sites. And then that like gave way to social media. And it's like a difference. Like it need to get back to actual, like authentic networking with other anglers. Like what I like doing, because I like to like at least a couple of times a year, I like to travel and like, do something I've never done before, but it's like you establish a rapport with somebody from Ohio or from Idaho where I want to go in March. I'm not right. going with a guide. I'm going with an awesome dude that I, you know, a lot of these are people that I've been talking to for years and you establish a rapport a relationship. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. Hey man, you know, you come out here and fish with me and then I go fish. With- I've got a lot of guys that have come down. And then like, like when I talked about those guys up in Virginia, that I went fishing for snakeheads with. The same guys have come down here and caught bullseye with me, peacocks. We've hit the, you know, the Everglades together, the Goliaths. 
it's it's that's the way it's supposed to be. It's it's got to be mutually beneficial. People trying to help each other and like build up the sport. But yeah, I think it's easy when somebody just dive bombs and cannonballs right into your direct messages. Be like, now, I'm not gonna lie. Where did like, you catch that? Like like some of the people that uh, fish the same spots as me that are actually interested in trying to figure it out, which is like I can't even, I can barely count with one hand. Like yeah, I pro- probably see like three people. I probably see like three people that I know that fish like the same spots as me. And they're like, man, like I'm just trying to understand it or whatever. And I'll talk to them like, yo, like if you come here on this tide, this moon, they usually sit right here. They'll sit right there. Sometimes they'll sit here. I'll hook up here. I'll hook up there. Like sometimes when the current's ripping this way or on an outgoing or an incoming tide, like they'll sit here. Like I'll talk to them if they're interested or they're really trying to figure it out or it's and but most importantly it's someone that i know mm-hmm. someone that i've known for years someone that i've known for a long time so it's more like that's more like that more more yeah. than that 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 circumstance well i think the good thing about this whole podcast thing is people who who just want information for free real quick they ain't gonna sit through no hour-long conversation i feel like the people who are gonna listen to these are hopefully ideally more serious about what they're doing you know because right. other people yeah. they just want to watch a quick five minute sizzle video but I and, listen to podcasts and, and all like and, and try to look at the like buildings and look at the backgrounds <laughs> try to yeah. figure out where you're at like oh, oh i see a starbucks back there and yeah, a street yeah. sign yeah no i i mean yeah i listen to i mean i don't not as much because i've been so busy at work yeah. But uh, even at work, like I just while I'm working, I listen. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Not mm-hmm. not so many, uh, because th- there's not there's uh very like a handful of fishing podcasts, and you're definitely one of them. Along with like Millhouse, I love Millhouse. He he, yeah. he interviews like a lot of the old timers. I, I know very few old timers, um, but um, um, other other podcasts like people like to listen. And they're like you know they get it, it still picks their brain while they're working. You know, so that's good. You know, especially stuff like this, they're going to be very interested in and very intrigued. So, well, one can only hope we're still new in this. I'm still new in this, but I've been pretty proud of the lineup of guys that have come on. They've all been interesting people, including yourself. I mean, you've got phenomenal page, awesome stuff. You're like a great representative of like the South Florida region. It's like, I want to have like my guy for each like area. And like you're, uh, and, and you, and, and so, it's been a great conversation and, and you I mean, I mean, clearly know your stuff, but, um, but I'm just about ready to, to talk there's always more to talk about, but like, I mean, even oh, yeah. future, I mean, feel free to feel free to, uh, call me, you know, I, I always find time. Like I, I just sat down, turned on the computer. I just, I just got back from work. So, <laughs> so well, for know. sure, I'm going to hop off here and order me one of them shirts. I'm jealous of it. I, that's, a, it's, <laughs> I appreciate it's got it. a great look, but, um, I'm going to run inside, help my kids with their homework. Squeeze a little workout in because I told you my gym's over there, my ghetto nice. little setup here. <laughs> nice, nice. But but Chris, man, awesome talking to you. Um, yeah, man, I, I I'm glad it. I got you on here, and I appreciate you giving me almost two hours of your time. Uh, it, it's been a great one. Yeah, of course. Like I mean, like I said, I can talk. I mean, I can if you're like if you're interested, I'll I can talk. I can oh yeah, talk and answer all your questions. You know. So well, let's. You never know. Maybe may do this another time on other topics. It's not like a one-time deal. It's like, oh yeah, no. Like I said, you can can message me whenever. For sure. But all right, dude. Well, we'll let you get to it. All right. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Yep. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Boundless Pursuit podcast. 
If you enjoyed this show, your feedback, comments, and reviews are very important to me. Also, this podcast is just one element to a much bigger content outlet. I urge you to head over to www.haverodswilltravel.com where you'll find audio, visual, and written editorial content. That is three dimensions of awesome fishing content brought to you by a very dynamic team of anglers. I hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue to build this program and have interesting and skilled anglers each Thursday. Thank you for listening.